Hi, I'm Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh. In over 20 years of practicing both Western medicine and Eastern healing traditions, the most important thing that I've learned is that healing is a journey we take together. So on this podcast, I'll be demystifying Ayurveda and other integrated medicine, showing how these simple ancient practices are the keys to unlocking a healthy modern life. We are all healing catalysts because healing starts within. It starts with you and it starts right now. This is a Soulfire production. Episode number 106. Hello, my beautiful friends. It's your friend Avanti and welcome back to the Healing Catalyst podcast. So I just got back from an epic celebration trip to Europe with my husband, Kanwar. It was a post-treatment celebration trip. I think I shared this last week on the podcast. And we decided to go to three cities that I've never been to, Stockholm, Berlin, and London. And the trip was just so wonderful for so many reasons on so many levels. It was wonderful because I got to see so many beautiful places that I've never been. I got to experience new cultures and meet amazing people. And it was wonderful for all of the reasons that I mentioned and all the reasons that travel is so wonderful because travel opens up your perspective of not just the world and other people and other cultures, but it opens up your perspective of yourself. I really think that travel allows you to see yourself differently. And I know that this trip definitely did that for me. It was a reminder of who I really am because, you know, I've spent so much of this year during my healing journey with breast cancer as a patient. And honestly, by the end of my treatment in August and September, I was starting to see myself as a patient and not as Avanti. And I feel like this trip really allowed me to see myself as me again, as healthy and capable. It reminded me of who I am, that I'm healing, that I'm healthy, that I'm filled with vitality. And that reminder was so important for me because it helped me remember how strong I am. It helped me remember how magnificent the human body is and the profound healing capacity that each of us has within us. It was a reminder of how important the work that I'm doing is to help all of you reclaim your health using the wisdom of Ayurveda and other integrated healing and integrative medicine. And so I feel like I've really come back from my trip super fired up to dive back into my work. I'm fired up about writing my second book, finishing that manuscript in the next few weeks, and I'm fired up about this podcast. I'm fired up about my new program that will be launching in March of 2024. I'm fired up about some amazing collaborative projects that I'm working on with some of the amazing guests that you've heard on this podcast who I can't reveal just yet, but I can tell you that they're leaders in integrative medicine and Ayurveda and yoga. And so if you want to be the first to know about everything that I'm so fired up about, everything that's coming, make sure that you do three things. Number one, subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss a single new episode, as well as the bonus episodes that will be starting to drop regularly. 
Number two, follow me on Instagram where I'll be hosting giveaways from my favorite brands and where I'll be doing more live conversations with all of the people who have been guests on this podcast. And number three, sign up for my newsletter because my subscribers get access to all my programs first, as well as special discounts from my sponsors and from my favorite brands and products. There's a link in the show notes. So hit pause on this podcast right now and go sign up. I'll wait. Okay. Now that you're all subscribed to this podcast and following me on Instagram and sign up for my newsletter, let's get back to this episode. I'm really excited that you all tuned in today because I think you're going to learn so much about brain health as we continue our intention this month on the podcast and our exploration of hormones and our health. My guest today is Dr. Romy Mushtaq, a board-certified physician who brings together over two decades of leadership in neurology, integrative medicine, and mindfulness. She is an award-winning speaker and an amazing speaker. I've heard her speak before. She's amazing. Who works with Fortune 500 companies, professional athletes, and global associations who have used her brain shift programs to help improve mental well-being for their people and help to build a culture of wellness for their teams. Her expertise has been featured on NPR, NBC, Forbes, and on the TEDx stage. Her first book, The Busy Brain Cure, is forthcoming and will be published in just a few months in January of 2024. In our conversation, Dr. Romy and I discussed the critical role of hormones in brain health and the concept of the busy brain. Dr. Romy also shares her personal journey with burnout and thyroid issues emphasizing the need for comprehensive thyroid testing, especially in women. And she actually goes into all of the specific thyroid tests that you should be asking your doctor for. We also dive into the effects of modern lifestyle factors on our circadian rhythms and brain health. And Dr. Romy also offers practical tips for managing brain health, including simple dietary changes and mindfulness practices. I hope that you love my conversation with Dr. Romy Mushtaq about her insights on the connection between thyroid hormone, burnout, and brain health as we explore hormones and our health. Well, hello, my dear Romy. I am so honored to have you back on the podcast and so excited to be here with you again. You were here, gosh, almost a year ago, I think, when we talked about meditation in the brain, right? Yeah. My sister, Dr. Avanti Singh, it is an honor to be sitting here with you. You know, for my listeners and your listeners that are listening at this podcast, I had the honor to have dinner with you in Chicago a few weeks ago when we were celebrating your healing and you being the gracious sister you are, we're celebrating how far I've come in the last year, including manifesting all my life's research and journey to be able to share and make impact. And here we are today together celebrating. And I love that, that we start. And and I said, I want your podcast because we're in the middle for your listeners. We are recording this in October. Mm -hmm. I am in the middle of a massive podcast tour with our agency. Most of the podcasts are being released in January and February of 2024. And I was like, my sister Avanti is having the first podcast to come out and me give the highlights and some nitty gritty that no one else is hearing. And thank you for holding this space. Oh, are you kidding? Thank you for coming on. 
and giving me the honor of being the first podcast that you're on. So for all the listeners, I am just so thrilled to have Dr. Romy back on the podcast. She actually, in this past year, has written an amazing book. What's the exact title, Romy, of the new book? The Busy Brain Cure, the eight-week plan to find focus, tame anxiety, and sleep again, being released by HarperCollins in January of 2024, and the pre-orders are open. All right. Amazing. I love that you put that in there. Yes. So she, you know, had this concept of the busy brain that she has been writing about, researching, and speaking about all over the country for a few years now. And that was sort of part of what we were talking about last year. And now you've written it in a book so that everybody has access to this material if they can't come see you live speaking. And I think it's just amazing. So we're going to jump in to the busy brain. You know, this month on the podcast in the month of November, when all of you will be hearing this podcast, we're talking about hormones and our health. And I thought, you know, the brain is such an important organ, probably our most important organ. And I thought I need to talk to Dr. Romy about her perspective, the busy brain, hormones, brain health, all of those things. So that's what we're going to, you know, really get into. But let's start with sort of this idea of hormones and how do hormones really help us maintain a healthy brain, optimal brain function, wherever you want to start. I know there's a lot of hormones, so we can pick a few. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with two things. One is that when we say the word hormones, right? Most of us like think, ooh, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. And we think of our sexual health. Ooh. And if things haven't been working, the adrenal gland has been really on trend, like wide-legged genes over skinny genes the last few years, right? But what I really want to start with, there are 50 hormones that are in the brain and the body that govern everything about our mind, body, spirit, health. So let's start from that global perspective. And then could I start with a story with you? Absolutely. Monty, that Please. I share in the book. And it's really hard for me to even share this this many years later when I've healed. It's, I started my career as a neurologist, not only seeing patients, but doing research in how epilepsy and migraines um, affected women's hormonal health from menarche, the time we started our period, through menopause and beyond. And as I started to look at that endocrine literature, I am a board certified doctor. Vanti, I was like, I think I have a thyroid problem. By this time I had gone through the divorce. I had symptoms that people will read in chapter one and two of burnout. We didn't call it burnout then. My hair was falling out in massive chunks. Like for you today, I got a blowout, but this hair is so much thinner than what it used to be. And then I remember acne in my 20s. And I had never ever in my life had a regular period. My whole life, they were like, you're just stressed out, you're pre-med, you're medical school. And I went and they tested my TSH only. And they're like, you're fine. And I'm like, I'm not fine. And there were moments that I had this like grippling anxiety that was like disturbing my ability to focus and sleep at night of what I now call the busy brain. And it went on. And people watching the TED Talk will give you the link to that and the story in the book. They read about how burnout ended up in the previous podcast and life-saving surgery. And it wasn't until I came out and I started to see a doctor in Arizona, my primary care, who started to take integrative medicine 
classes at Dr. Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine at University of Arizona at a medical school, mind you. And I said, could you just do me one favor and check the rest of my thyroid? Something is really wrong. And lo and behold, it turns out all these years I had subclinical hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's thyroidism. And we I went to a specialist. I got the treatment, which you and I are going to delve into a little bit later. And for the first time in my life at age 39, I was having a regular period. And now I have healthy hair and healthy brain and mental health. And you look at the medical literature today as I was researching it, and you and I will delve in, but I just really want to be clear. It is underestimated how much thyroid disease there is. I hate and loathe this term subclinical hypothyroidism in our traditional medicine because doctors just poo-poo it. It turns out one in eight women in the United States has subclinical hypothyroidism. They have symptoms, a long list, like I just told you, probably longer than mine, and they're being ignored, Avanti, by their doctors. And if we are women of color with melanin in our skin, the likelihood of having some type of thyroid disease is even higher. And that's why I'm here today. This is a cry to our collective sisterhood and our brothers. Like we are missing the mark on our hormonal health. And if you're just thinking about your sex drive, we've missed the mark completely. So I just wanted to start from No, I think that's a really good point because a lot of times the discussion when you're talking about brain health will go to cortisol, melatonin, which are all important. These are all important hormones. Absolutely, right? Or they'll go to estrogen and testosterone. But- you know, thyroid, not talked about a lot when it comes to brain function, healthy brain function, dementia, all of these things, right? So I think it's a really important point that you're bringing up. So let's back up a little bit because me and you can start getting clinical about this, but let's, let's explain to the listeners, like how is thyroid hormone involved in brain health? So we can give some context to like, how does this actually work? Yeah. So, you know, when I talk and research the busy brain model, this is a new model of looking at stress and burnout, the effects of chronic stress and burnout in a post-pandemic world. So by now, most of your listeners, they can listen to our previous podcast and your multiple other outstanding podcasts that talk about the stress response and elevated cortisol in the brain. There are two pathways in the brain that are really important that I want people to know about if you geek out on the medical science. If not, forward the next 30 seconds, but don't disconnect from the podcast, right? One is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access. This means that when I am stressed out, chronic stress or burned out, our stress centers, the limbic system are now you know, causing irregular stimulation or neuroinflammation that I explain in chapter five of the book, increase interleukins, and it's disturbing the SCN, the suprachiasmatic nucleus in the hypothalamus. This is really important because two things are happening from here. It's disrupting your axis from the hypothalamus to the pituitary gland, which is the command center of all the hormones in your brain and body, down to your thyroid and adrenal glands, number one. But number two, it's disturbing our circadian rhythm, our natural biological clock, which I can't wait to talk to you about the Ayurvedic kind of 
match here that spirituality has known in Ayurvedic medicine for so long that it disturbs the circadian rhythm. And the one of the first things to be disturbed other than in the brain are serotonin and melatonin and all that with the neuroinflammation is actually the stimulation of our thyroid. And so most people end up with a subclinical hypothyroidism, but with the peaks and valleys of stress can actually even yo-yo to the opposite, Dr. Avanti, hyperthyroidism. So your thyroid is yo-yoing between low and higher activity without even having taken any medicines or supplements. That's a really simplified answer, but I wanted to explain. It's a pathway that's not largely talked about and yet so critical for men and women. And thyroid is responsible for your brain functioning. You have had other numerous guests, and you can link them here, talking about brain fog. I'm here to talk about the opposite, a hyperactive brain, the busy brain, and the role the thyroid plays into that. And we're going to break that down in a second. But the thyroid hormone is critical for your entire brain system to function, everything from mood to memory to your biological clock of when it's time to sleep and wake up and everything in between that the brain controls and the rest of the organs. So I really look at it as a critical partner to your brain to manage the biological clock of our entire physical body right. and brain. Right. Now that's an excellent, excellent explanation of how, how thyroid hormone is involved in this. And, you know, I think what I want to tap into is this idea that everything is interconnected. And I think that's, you know, that's sort of the magic of the human body, but it's also the mystery because we miss it then because we're looking at so many other hormones first, because we know that those, you know, maybe are sort of the primary ones to look at sleep-wake cycle. So we're looking at melatonin, we're looking at cortisol, we're looking at the sex hormones, right? And then we're missing the thyroid hormone, but they're all an interplay, which is super important. And I would actually argue that the thyroid is driving your cortisol stress hormone levels and and your sex hormone levels through other pathways. So it's it's a common denominator to your point and all interconnected. And I think what I want to say to the people that are like, this sounds a little too sciencey to me because a lot of people ask me about thyroid men and women. What I really want to explain is in traditional medicine where we don't get taught, everything is interconnected. I focus just on the brain. You were an emergency room doctor. You were dealing with emergencies. The cardiologist deals with the heart things. That about 20 to 27% of patients in the traditional medical setting present with only brain and mental health symptoms of thyroid disease. So it's getting missed because you're saying, sleeping well, something is off in my sleep in the middle of the night. Um, I'm anxious. I have generalized anxiety disorder. I'm in a brain fog. I'm depressed. And a full thyroid panel is not getting checked. And it's so important. Right, right. So yeah, I think that's exactly what I was trying to get at. And you said it so much more eloquently than me, is that if you go to a neurologist... They're going to think, they're going to look at all these other things and maybe miss some of that. And also the other thing is, is that a lot of the symptoms for many of these hormonal issues show up the same, right? Yeah. Right. You're going to have that cognitive dysfunction, the cognitive decline, the memory, all of those things can be linked to so many other hormones too. So I think that's sort of the point that you're getting at here. So let me ask you this. And and let me interject one thing because why I love your podcast and, and your knowledge. 
There's a lot on social media out there of, is it adrenal fatigue? Is it high cortisol levels? You can even order some tests online without a doctor intervening. And then people are wondering why they're not feeling better taking supplements or doing certain nutrition plan. It's because you need a doctor to look at a full thyroid panel, somebody who can decide you may even need traditional prescription medicine for this. I mean, literally want to be clear and there is no judgment in that. And even Dr. Bhatti, it's not just the neurologists will miss it. The endocrinologists will miss it. I was having neurological psychiatric symptoms and going to the endocrinologist, ma'am, your TSH is fine. You're right. just stressed out. Right. Doctor. Right. And so, yeah. you know, okay. So one question to tap into, cause you said TSH, what are the panels? Cause I know, you know, a lot of the people who listen to this podcast, they're, they really advocate for themselves. What are some of the tests that they should be asking their doctor? Not that you're trying to tell the doctor what to do, maybe suggesting like, I heard a podcast from a neurologist who specialized in this, in this, and she said that maybe we should check X, Y, and Z. What would be some of the tests that you would say are, are a good idea yeah. to have Dr. Test, Dr. Here's the thing. We don't want to ever tell our doctor what to do and our doctor shouldn't be telling us what to do in case, unless it's an emergency, right? Then we need to intervene and be like, I'm taking charge. But I hope you can number one, find a doctor that's going to listen because I've been in that position. So have you as doctors. One is advocate for yourself and use your voice. Two, honestly, please give your doctor a copy of this book, The Busy Brain Cure, and send them straight to chapter seven and eight. It's all laid out. And online, we have a free practitioner guide for doctors with all the medical references from the major medical journals, thebusybraincure.com, you know, the three, four major. So one, I want you to know this is it. Number two, what to ask for your doctor. In simple terms, it's a full thyroid panel and there are eight labs in it. It's actually on page 129 of the book. Because this is coming out from HarperCollins, I'm not allowed to take a screenshot and give it to Dr. Avanti yep. to put in the podcast notes, yeah. but we'll be there in the notes. But let me list them now and we will put it in the blog articles associated with it. You do need the TSH, a thyroid stimulating hormone. You need the total T3, a total T4, T is in Thomas, a free T3, a free T4, your reverse T3 antithyroglobulin antibodies, and then your TPO, thyroid peroxidase antibodies. We run all eight of them. Do not listen to your doctor if they say, let me just do that first one. And if it's abnormal, do all eight. And because even like we know Dr. Vonti's nodding her head up and down right now, even just checking the reverse T3 can sometimes tell us indirectly how other hormones like your adrenal gland is doing as well, right? So these are all really important, all eight of them. And in the US, because I know we both have global listeners, Dr. Vonti, these are covered by traditional insurance. Not if you just say, hey, I'm doing this for a wellness check, but if you actually go in and say, I'm having difficulty focusing. I'm having anxiety. I'm having a disturbance in my sleep. I'm My memory is off. I think I'm depressed. I'm in a brain fog. These things are covered by insurance. Right, right. So that's a full thyroid panel. And we will make sure that we put all of those links that Dr. Romy just mentioned in the, the show notes. So don't worry about that, everyone who's listening. So that leads me to the next question then. So can you please define the busy brain then? What is the busy brain? You gave some of the symptoms, but let's let's talk about the busy brain and maybe generally, but then maybe in relationship to some of these symptoms that you see with thyroid dysfunction. Let's, you know, let's just hone in on thyroid maybe. I think that that might be really helpful for people since it is something that gets missed so much. Yeah. 
Okay. I would. So here was the thing, Dr. Ranti, my TED talk went viral back in 2014 when I talked to burnout. I thought I was alone in this place. Even today, when burnout is all over social media, people can still feel alone. I would give my lectures and describe how I was dependent on caffeine all day. My blood sugar would drop and I would need chocolate to keep going, that dopamine hit in a long work day. I needed something to help me calm down at night and used to be wine. People get sleeping pills. You fall asleep, even if it's a supplement from an Instagram influencer, and then you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't shut your brain off. I thought it was just me. And it turned out I would have a line of hundreds of people waiting to talk to me going, labs do I need to get? I need to talk to my doctor. I don't want to be on caffeine all day long and alcohol or some sleeping pill at night for this. I'm like, there is a way out. I started to look through the medical literature and I'm going to be so blunt and bold here as a neurologist to say, we in the neurology and psychiatry community can do better. We failed our patients. That number one, adult onset attention deficit disorder is real, meaning you didn't have it as a child and now you have difficulty focusing to frank ADD or ADHD as an adult. That's one symptom also tied with ruminating anxiety. I can't get the worry cycle out of my brain. And the third thing is a specific pattern of insomnia, difficulty falling asleep due to that ruminating anxiety or racing thoughts or waking up in the middle of the night and you're wide awake and you can't go back to bed because your thoughts are going and you're like, let me do that. That's a busy brain. I'm giggling because that just sounds like life, <laughs> you know, which I think, you know, <laughs> right? I thought it was just me. It just sounds like life as an adult, like when you're quote adulting. And I say this to my adult children now, my college age kids, it feels like it's what adulting is, right? So making light of it, because I think that, you know, these are symptoms that so many of us feel and we think it's just and life, we keep going. right? We just think it's yes, life and, and we keep not- going. Yeah. And listen, if most people who I work with have this are like you and I, Dr. Yeah. Auntie, they are high achieving, success driven professionals, just like your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, tell them Auntie Romeo. So I will them, tell you know? them. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, here's this thing. What if, if I said, you don't have to live at success at any cost. You don't have to wear stress as a badge of honor or a badge of dishonor, like who isn't stressed or burned out. I, I want to succeed. So do you. I am, by all means, a successful professional, but you can do it without a busy brain or burning out. And then let's have some Dr. Romy real talk. Because I learned humbly in the pandemic when I was getting called by all these companies to give virtual you know, speaking engagements and webinars on mental health, nobody wants to hear, just eat berries and breathe and think of puppies and unicorns and everything is going to be just fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But that's what social media would have you do. Let's just do another self-care routine. No, the people I serve, Dr. Avanti, are teachers, They are airline pilots. They are hotel general managers. They are finance executives, national sales leaders, journalists, people who work long hours and love what they do and they want to succeed. They don't want to give up in their careers that they've they've spent their whole lives training for, just like your children at the beginning of their careers or you and I as seasoned career women and want people to succeed, but can do it without being on this stress success cycle and giving yourself a busy brain. And, and so no, it's not normal life to wake up 
and think I need caffeine before I get my personality. I'm not productive unless I have 10 browser windows open on my computer and in my brain. Like there is a different way. We've tested our protocol in over 2000 executives who went through our eight week protocol on our tech platform and for corporate wellness programs, we know it works. Like there is a way and I want you to shoot for that promotion. I want you to be parent and a caregiver of elderly you know, loved ones and go to your job. Like I live in the real world where we can't just for self-care sabbaticals, right. but there's a way to do yeah. it. And that's not adult. Yeah, no. And that was all jokes aside, but I think that, you know, that's a very common perception of like, this is just life. Those are the symptoms of life. So that gets me to my next question for you then. Why do you think it is that we're seeing so much more of this now, like in modern life? What is it about you know, our world that we have more busy brain. Yes. She's like, I know, I know the answer. I figured I it Yeah. So tell me, I, like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Like what, what, <laughs> you know, what is, why, why is it happening so much more than like when we were growing up? I mean, I, could we be clueless then? I don't know. I don't feel like my parents suffered from this kind of busy brain craziness and sort of this idea of this is what adulting is that I feel like I am in now. So what's the difference, do you think? I think it's been a shift in mind, body, spirit, and I'll let you speak to the spirit cultural part here in the West and to that. But in my research, so how did we do this? We're going to put a link in your show notes for the busy brain test. It is a neuropsychology battery that really measures your number and tells you, do I have a little bit of stress? Do I have a busy brain? Am I in burnout, right? And with the 20 questions we ask in that test, we were able to learn patterns both during the pandemic when we were in lockdown and afterwards. And over 17,000 people went through this. So this was a lot of data we got to look at. And then going to the medical literature. And there are like four key things I want to break down of why this is happening. Number one, when you and I went to medical school, I mean, I'm not aging us, but I'm just being real. We didn't talk about adult onset ADD, ADHD, difficulty focusing, because you and I both use medical textbooks. We (laughs) didn't get our lectures on YouTube, you know? And the truth of the matter is, is in today's world, we are driven in our personal and professional lives, and that isn't going to go away by digital devices. So that has shortened our attention span of our brain. Our brains are wired in the way we learn and think and act because of our digital devices. There is now something between our learning, a screen between our hands and our eyes, rather than seeing a teacher write something on a chalkboard and having to take a pen and paper and take notes ourselves. It's all a screen. So one, our brains are rewired, right? And number two, uh, we live in a more globalized world today and 24-7 business. I will argue to say, being in corporate wellness, that even 10, 15 years ago, we didn't have as many global offices. Now, any company you look at has offices in multiple time zones around the world. And there's this pressure to succeed at all costs. And I'll be honest, Avanti, maybe some leaders weren't paying attention until the pandemic and the mental health crisis became so obvious that I can't expect my employees to be answering Slack messages or emails and text messages 24 hours a day just because they're in a time zone halfway around the world. So I think societal expectations. Number three is 
we are not honoring the natural biorhythms of our body, and this is where I'm going to hand it over to you, is somehow I work in a corporate world. I think of corporate medicine exiting in corporate world until now. Sleep was seen as a weakness. And so we were dishonoring our biological clock, our national circadian rhythm. And I argue in the book that sleep is sacred and sleep is the new success symbol of, stat- of successful professionals. And, and so that's where I think the three things are, is that we've devalued our sleep and we're struggling to get it back. Globalization of news, of social media, of, of work. And three are digital devices. And that is what has rewired our brain to want a quick dopamine hit and go eat chocolate, feel better, hit like on Instagram, feel better, listen to another podcast, binge on this series, which we want you to do, but not at the cost of your sleep, right. you know? Right. How does that relate to Ida? Yeah. I've been so eager to have this No, it, and it's you. funny because I actually am, I'm finishing up my manuscript right now and I was just writing about circadian rhythm. That's actually the chapter I'm writing right now. So- It absolutely is all circadian rhythm, right? And it goes back to what you started the whole conversation with about hormones and that, you know, focusing on thyroid, but that's connected to cortisol and melatonin, which controls our sleep-wake cycle, right? So it always comes back to this idea of living in harmony with nature. There was something that the ancients knew, they just knew it, that Living in harmony with the cycle of nature, the the natural cycles of nature, daily, seasonal, all those rhythms, there is something about it that we as human beings, because we are one and the same with nature, that when we tap into that rhythm, we have better health. And lo and behold, science proves it because of the hormonal control, right? Through either the master clock in the SCN, as you mentioned, or in the peripheral clocks, right? that are trying to match up to the master clock. It's because of that, that those clocks that are inside of us, they're trying to match up to the rhythm, the clock of nature, yeah. basically. Yeah. And, and that's really what we're talking about. Could you, uh, because my community may be new to mm-hmm. Ayurveda, mm-hmm. could you explain what you mean by the natural rhythms of nature? Yeah. I, because it's so important to our brain shift cycle. And in our eight week program, that this natural cycle is actually week two and three of the micro habits we're doing. So I would love for you to share it from yeah. the ancient wisdom in your knowledge. Yeah, I mean, so so really the natural cycle, and you know, as my whole listening community knows, we talk about this all the time on the podcast. It's basically a 24-hour cycle of the path of the sun through the sky, right? And that's the Earth's rotation, really, what's happening, right? So it's this idea of you do things that you're supposed to do during the day, during daylight, and you don't do things that you're not supposed to be doing at that time when you're sleeping. That's really what it comes down to. So you sleep at nighttime when nature sleeps and you're awake when nature is awake during the daytime. And then that goes on to, you know, doing everything from your work activities to exercise and movement to eating meals that should be happening during the daylight hours when we're awake, not this late night eating, you know, that happens, you know, after the sun goes down or midnight snacking or anything like that, or staying up all night with artificial light coming from blue light devices, right? It's really that simple and that basic. I mean, Dr. Romy is explaining all the science behind it. And I'm telling you just the very practical, simple way to think about it is, do what you're supposed to be doing to live life during the daytime when nature is awake, 
right? And you should be yeah. awake yeah. and sleep at nighttime when you should be sleeping, when nature is sleeping. That means you're not eating, you're not working and sending emails, you're not reading on an e-reader or looking at a TV or having all the lights on, all the things that modern life allows us to do, we shouldn't be doing, right? It's that simple. Like the things that me and you did in medical school and in our training to get through, we were completely upside down and all over the place. No wonder the two of us had so many health issues, right? Actually, could I be real? Mm. I'm writing this manuscript because from the time we closed the book deal and we knew my community needed this book, Corporate America was asking for it. They HarperCollins was like, you want a January deadline? We need the manuscript in 60 days. And I I was like, this is torture. And we had to literally close down operations. We, I was still speaking. So I would be sometimes speaking or my duties as a chief wellness officer. And writing in the middle of the night. And here my beloved dog is in tune with Mother Nature. He'd be sleeping down here going, what is mom, foolish <laughs> mama doing? But I felt like yeah. sometimes life happens and you do that. And I had to suffer through that again to remember our days in medical school. And this was just earlier this year, finishing up the manuscript and realizing I want to come back to the real world. Like you may be working up north in the United States or in Europe where it's only four or five o'clock and you're still finishing up work and it's already dark outside. Or I, you know, be realistic about there are going to be times when you have deadlines or you have a sick child and you're going to be up through the night, right? Of course. I don't want you to get turned off by what Dr. Avanti and I are saying, but this can't persistent way of life. Right. Yeah. And, um, and that's exactly what this book covers and the brain shift protocol and and that. And you explain the ties to our mother nature and Ayurveda, ancient Indian medical science that's been around over 5,000, 6,000 years now that we're just learning and catching up on. Right. You know? right. And that. So thank you. Yeah. You know, you were asking me about hormones earlier, and you're absolutely right that, you know, I address the role of serotonin and melatonin in the book, and that comes under technology, right? So yes, our technology is disturbing our circadian rhythm. It's making us crave like a drug addict, a dopamine hit, like instead of crack cocaine or alcohol, you're getting it from your digital devices. And listen, my busy brain people, they're, they may not even be on social media. They're like, let me just knock out three more emails. Exactly. And then I to do list on my list. And then I'm going to sleep. That's dopamine. That's a false sense of success. Like my life is out of control, but at least I got those three emails in before bedtime. But guess what? Like what Dr. Arvati is saying, that's against your circadian rhythm. And like you read the study we did in chapter nine with evolution hospitality, these bright lights and that dopamine hit is going to make you think, oh, instead of three, let me send seven emails, right. then I'll go to bed. Right. right. Well, <laughs> and it also tricks your brain, your circadian clock, your master clock into thinking it's daytime. Oh, it's time to work because there's these blue lights that your retina are taking in and that's a signal to your brain, it's daytime. That's So we have all of these pieces coming together. Not only are you getting the dopamine hits of like feeling like you're superior and you're superwoman or superman because you, you know, you know, sent three more emails. Checklist. Right. Checklist. Check, yes, check, the check. is done. The kid's school is done. Exactly. Yes, the school lunch but your brain is actually interpreting that blue light coming into your eyes as, oh, it's daytime when yeah. it's nighttime. It is. So interesting. I'll tell you two things that I get asked a lot is it's not the blue light lock blockers. These glasses mm -hmm. actually don't help. When you look in all the ophthalmology literature, your circadian rhythm is still disturbed, but it's actually 
all light. So our circadian rhythm is actually even disturbed in most workplaces around the world because we have fluorescent lights. That's not natural to our eyes and even often in homes. I mean, we have to have compassion. Not everybody can afford the natural, you know, light bulbs with the frequencies that our eyes need, but it's a simple reminder. Start turning down the lights an hour or two before bedtime and don't have your eyes in front of the laptop glued to like the latest Netflix special, you know? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And then the other thing I would add to that is, you know, turning down the lights at nighttime, but then also making sure you get some natural light during the day to remind your clock this is daytime. So those daytime hours, like they get natural light. Okay, let me synchronize with that as real natural light rather than this artificial light I'm having at nighttime. What I tell people is pretend you have a dog because I have Raja. Honestly, this Dr. Avanti is if I didn't have Raja, I wouldn't take breaks. I'm human. And I would go out. And when I'm traveling and on the road, my biological clock now is set at certain times, mid-morning and mid-afternoon to get up and go outside because I'm used to getting up and walking my dog. And I tell people that same concept, act as if even if you're in the office, you have a dog. And beings of unconditional love, all the people who've ever owned a dog out there know it's, you know, you're not going to tell that sweet face no over and over because bottom line, like you're like, always shows me love. And the second thing is, I don't want to clean up the mess on the yeah. hardwood floors. Yeah. Like either, you know? yeah. <laughs> okay. So before we go into practical tips, because I know you have so many wonderful practical tips of how to start addressing busy brain, you know, uh, short of taking the busy brain quiz that you have. I mean, you guys, her resources are amazing. Dr. Romy's resources, and they're all linked in the show notes for you guys. But let's just back up for a second, because you've mentioned dopamine and serotonin a couple of times. Can you just dive into a little bit about how dopamine and serotonin are linked to busy brain just really quickly? And then we'll get into some of the tips that you have. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk, you know, basically, I want to just backtrack. You were focusing on hormones. Brain shift is the protocol. And SHIFT is an acronym for five key areas that get disturbed in a busy brain. S is sleep or your circadian rhythm. And that's where we talk about melatonin and serotonin. Number one, I'll do that. H, hormones, and we talk primarily thyroid. I is markers of inflammation, like methylation disorders, vitamin D3. F is the food we use to fuel ourselves. And T is technology. And so one, all of those things at a root cause can be a hormone dysfunction or the use of the wrong food or technology can disrupt all 50 hormones. So I really want to give that overview. Now to answer your specific questions is serotonin in the brain is known as a feel-good hormone. Uh, gets mislabeled. We don't have time in this podcast and we can on another day to talk about how it's been mislabeled in the use of depression. It has link and mood, but anxiety as well. And most of it is made in our gut. When we are in chronic stress or burnout, serotonin production is disrupted in our gut and the metabolism in our brain. Serotonin metabolizes down to melatonin, number one. So that's really important to know. In the book, we don't recommend a lot of supplements. You know, we obviously ask people to go get labs checked before treating thyroid or vitamin D3 deficiency. But 5-HTP, the precursor to serotonin, is one we recommend over melatonin. You do not want to take melatonin long-term endogenously or or meaning a, a pill. And here is why. Our SCN or hypothalamus as a part of our circadian rhythm modulates 
during the day, you want to wake up and have energy hormones. Cortisol is good for you. Dopamine, our adrenaline, norin, adrenaline, norepinephrine, that should be elevated during the day. And as the day goes, it calms down. When you use caffeine, it will, you know, kind of stop your body and brain from resting and bind with certain receptors to kind of give you an ener- false energy surge for just a tiny bit. Um, and then at night, your circadian rhythm, naturally your brain, if you're relaxed, is elevating your feel-good hormones to calm down, your serotonin, and natural secretion of the pineal gland of your melatonin. When we're under chronic stress or we're in burnout, that mechanism, that biological clock that's telling the pineal gland to release melatonin gets blunted. And so it's not. So temporarily, if you're jet lagged, I give it to executives if it's just two time zones, three days, take a little melatonin. But if you're taking a melatonin pill constantly, you're telling your circadian rhythm, oh, I got it. Don't make more. Um, And it can affect the rest of your hormonal health, thyroid growth hormone, all of those things in, in that. Your serotonin and melatonin in really simple terms, I call it the sleep good and feel good hormones of the brain. And, but we see that in a busy brain, there is neuroinflammation that's kind of preventing that natural cycle from the gut to the brain to create the serotonin and the natural mechanisms for it to biologically break down into melatonin to modulate basically as simple as not only your sleep-wake cycle, but your hunger cycle as well, right? It's all connected to leptin and all of that. So that's one system. You asked me about dopamine. Dopamine is complex and That again could be an entire podcast episode. So I'm like stalling to think how to simplify it. Dopamine gets a bad rap. Dopamine is important for life. Dopamine deficiencies can cause things like Parkinson's disease, as an example, is is a dopamine mechanism, dopamine agonist mechanism issue. But the false dopamine or adrenaline high you get from quick bursts of addictive-like activities shopping for something on sale. Guilty, so I'm not judging. Getting some sugar in your system quickly. Scrolling on social media to see how many likes or post engagement you have or hitting like yourself. Knocking out a few emails is the same trigger to the dopamine reward system that alcohol and addictive drugs can provide as well. And busy brain, you're fueled when you're chronically stressed or you're under burnout to look for that small, quick win. But the problem is you start going through dopamine withdrawal even faster. So then all of a sudden you're like having guilt and shame of why did I put that in my shopping cart online? Let me see if I can return it or what else I can buy. Or that advice, that kind of story I used earlier, you thought it was three emails and now you go back to do seven more. Um, and Or you have the sugar you go on the low because of you know your blood sugar level spiking, your insulin, your blood sugar dropping, and now you want that dopamine hit again, so you eat another cookie or another piece of chocolate. That's what's happening. And we know with that bursts of dopamine, you're actually killing your attention span, your ability to focus. So it's fueling ADHD, ADD, attention deficit or difficulty focusing, and you're also going to get more anxious with the peaks and the valleys. You and I will talk in a second of what are some of the natural mechanisms to have 
steady amount of dopamine as you need it and persistent through the day, examples being meditation, high intensity interval exercise, that gives you like a sustained healthy dopamine and not those peaks and valleys of like getting a drug hit, withdrawal, right. drug hit, withdrawal. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's coming up for me? And thank you for explaining that so eloquently and simply in a way that's like really usable for people, you know, to under, because hormones can be really confusing. I know even in medical school was like, oh my God, so many hormones. The thing that's coming up for me is that it's almost like it's a cycle that is hard to break, right? That once you go down this path of busy brain, again, I come back to this idea of adulting and like life. It's almost like this hamster wheel that you can't get off of because you have a busy brain and then you got this dopamine going and then you have the busy brain and you're out of sync with circadian rhythm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And, And then what do people think? You know, uh, uh, Dr. Randy, they think I just need to leave this job or get out of right. this marriage or get a new girlfriend or boyfriend and I'll be better. And guess what, girl? Jumping from one hamster wheel to another, that's a temporary dopamine high. Look at my new job. Look at my new lover. Right. And then all of a sudden, the same stuff starts creeping up. Like jumping from one hamster wheel to another doesn't work. Right. Mm-mm. Right. And so it's like mm-hmm. literally you have to say, okay, I've got to interrupt this pattern. You know, we've talked yeah. about this on yes. this podcast before is that. So much of, you know, this habit formation, living a life of longevity, living, you know, an Ayurvedic way of life, being in sync with circadian rhythm, it's about seeing some patterns and then being willing to break patterns, right? That's kind of what's coming up for me when you're talking about all of this. I love that. That is. And we call those two patterns when people hear me speak or in the book, you're kind of team I can't sleep or team who robbed my energy. Mm. And those are kind of the two cycles we address in the eight week protocol. It's literally who, you know, team I can't sleep or team who robbed my energy. And that's how we break up these patterns. But it's a conscious decision to say, I want to break the pattern. And then, you know, again, I come back to that Dr. Romy real talk. Doesn't everybody know I need to sleep more, meditate more, eat more fruits and vegetables. I need to get up and exercise, maybe start a side hustle to feel fulfilled in my life passion, need to work on my relationships with my parents or my lover. And then you're like, oh God, but I got to go to this job and pay a mortgage and I got a sick kid at home. Like, you know, there's the real world. And so that's what I wanted to provide a solution that was like bullet point quick to execute, stick with me for eight weeks. It's life transforming. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. You're mm-hmm. on your way. And guess what? If busy brain comes back, oh, come back to this eight week cycle, girl. Right. Right. And so what I imagine what you're saying in this eight week sort of brain shift protocol is the idea that you are going to slowly step by step start to change that rhythm, right? And and start to sort of work on the hormonal balancing while you're getting testing, while you're getting supplements, all that. But this is a shift. Like this protocol is actually what can you do to start down that path of breaking the pattern? Simple micro habits that aren't going to get in the way of you working a highly successful job, you being a parent, you being a caregiver of elderly loved ones, you being a doggy parent. Like that was it. Like I don't want to disrupt it. Here was this thing that we found was most successful. Um, most people are like you and I, Dr. Avanti, that like we learn by reading on our own or watching YouTube videos on our own, going through medical school, law school, college, whatever it was, right? 
is that cohort-based learning or being in community, just like Ayurveda teaches of loved and supported ones, you're going to be more successful. We found this, that when teams were doing this protocol with people they knew from work, even though it's all virtual, they were more likely to succeed than when I gave this protocol to individuals and said, here are your eight steps, go, here are the videos to watch each eight weeks. Or when we did a community brain shift where people didn't know each other, we had to spend a lot more time building community. And that's known as cohort-based learning. And so translated in a way, buy two books, one for you, one for a bestie, and maybe a third one to give your doctor, you know, and do this with someone and it's not going to get in the way of your life. Okay. So what things could you share with us? Let's let maybe just two or three different, you know, strategies, tips that maybe anybody who's listening right now could start today to start down that brain shift and then they'll get your book and continue. But what would you suggest? You're going to cringe when I say this and you can push back, (laughs) but just hear me out. Absolutely. Right now, as you and I record this podcast, and as the book comes out, we are in the middle of high holy season, Navratri, Diwali, uh, Passover, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year, Lunar New Year, Ramadan, and all the other holidays I may not have named. When I think of these holidays and my friends and family and loved ones that celebrate all the ones I just listed and some that I have missed, along with all the birthdays and anniversaries that are there, Isn't food a big part of all of these celebrations? You're going to be shocked, but the one thing why we are coming out swinging in the new year, I ain't putting you on a diet. You're welcome. There is no calorie limiting cleanse in this protocol. There is no diet. That is a four letter curse word here at the Brain Shift Institute. And for any corporate client, uh, we're not doing that. And so I really want to be clear. And the tips I want to give you actually, I think could be useful to you right now that we found. And a couple of the tips, Dr. Avanti will link my previous podcast show notes to you. I was in the middle of, I think, wrapping up research and writing the manuscript when he gave it to you. That's for team. I can't sleep. The literal tips I want to give you going into this holiday season and coming into the new year are the following that we found work with brain shift. Number one, If you're going to have a high glycemic food, that is a food that revs up your blood sugar, causes inflammation, can make a busy brain worse. We know that cognitive decline, all these other things. I'm not saying don't eat it. I'm saying, please don't combine it with caffeine. So bagel or donut with caffeine is a no. Added sugar or the additive nutritive sweeteners is a no-no in your coffee, right? So or tea, or anything with caffeine, you split the two of them up. We we give in the book a list and, and are in our website and resources with the book free, all the low glycemic foods, but I'm a realist. Your child is having a birthday. Please eat a cupcake or cake with your baby. Enjoy it, please, right? And just don't have caffeine with it because we know caffeine in the brain alone, Dr. Singh, will spike insulin levels separate from blood sugar. Now you put this with, you know, having a sugar meal, not only is this stress on your pancreas and raises blood sugar and diabetes and Alzheimer's type three, we know it's actually fueling the neuroinflammation that will create anxiety and difficulty focusing that coupling. So that is the one tip we use. 
How does this work? It worked miracles during our eight-week protocols when we tested it and retested it because people knew if I'm eating the donut, I'm not having caffeine. Nine times out of 10, they chose caffeine without sugar and naturally started to cut high glycemic foods out. So that's step one. How does that sound to you that I'm like, and by the way, once or twice a week, eat comfort food. Like when you and I had dinner together, I downed a prata and not. <laughs> like I was like, hallelujah, but we were drinking caffeine-free chai. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think it's a really good practical tip because so much of our programming is to have caffeine, a hot drink that has sugar and caffeine in it, along with a pastry or a sweet. And, you know, okay, that might happen sometimes, but... I think we're so conditioned to think that that's the way we should do things that if we can uncouple that, that's kind of what you're asking is for people to do is uncouple Just those. One thing. Yeah. Listen, you're going to have pasta at lunchtime on a business luncheon, or you're going to have a birthday dinner and have rice. Just no caffeine for the hour before or after you have mm-hmm. the carbohydrate. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Such a simple, simple hour. thing to think about. It, it works, right? The added pro tip we give during our corporate wellness programs is protein before you go to any event or start with protein on your plate first. But that doesn't always happen. Like, again, you're at a holiday party. There's only so many of those tiny little chunks of cheese you can pick up without looking impolite, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love how practical you are. You crack me up. Okay. That's a great one. No, it's true. That is. That's. Yeah. Works. And by the way, is by the way, this is like week six of the protocol. You're going to read the funny story of my developmental editor, Melanie, and another amazing school teacher who went through brain shift and how just doing these one brain shifts that was the only thing they got right the entire time transformed their health and their daytime energy. But please know this is week six and seven of the protocol, five, six, seven. We've already assumed you've restored your sleep because restoring your circadian rhythm is key so that what's happening here, Dr. Avanti, is stress eating is stopping, i.e. my book manuscript was due. I was eating like entire sleeves of Girl Scout cookies, right? That's not good. That's stress eating. I'm human. It happens to the best of us, myself included, the author of the book. Absolutely. But comfort food, comfort food was... I'm having dinner after a year with my dear sister Avanti after your healing journey, and I'm going to enjoy our conversation and prata and not bread together, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's such a great tip, especially going into the holiday season. Wonderful yes. tip. What's yes. another thing that someone could do starting today to that this brain shift away from busy brain? Yeah. I'm going to give two things. One of the things we strongly advise in the protocol, but we can't force anybody to do is we have people go check their labs and thyroid and vitamin D3 are a critical part of it. We consider those like the one-two punch in a busy brain and a hyperactive brain, difficulty focusing, anxiety, insomnia. That's the one-two punch. So by chance, if you have HSA dog, dollars left in your account at work. You haven't said hello to your primary care provider this year. Could you just go in and ask for a full thyroid panel and vitamin D3 and give them this podcast episode and and show them the link to the book. They knew, know it's coming from doctors that are talking, board certified doctors. So that's two. And then I want to give a third one that is in the protocol of the book and that's key to hormonal health. So I want to tie it back to the very beginning of the podcast. Fats are not the enemy. You've had many podcast guests do this. 
I don't put people on diets. We just give people and help them make a list, whether they're vegan, vegetarian, carnivore, chocolate lover, a list of fats to add to every meal. And again, this is chapter six of the book. And we give all sorts of lists of our favorite foods. And probably one of the easiest tricks I use, even when I'm traveling, Dr. Vanti, is either coconut oil or olive oil gets put on everything. Because, you know, in a perfect world, it'd be almonds and avocado all the time, but it's really easy in a restaurant or hotel to ask for one of those two things and Mm -hmm. and use that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, amazing. And then can you also just talk really quickly a little bit about mindfulness? For the listeners, the last podcast episode I did with Dr. Romy was all about meditation and the science of meditation. It's an amazing episode. It'll be linked in the show notes. But let's just talk about mindfulness really fast because, you know, the data is there that mindfulness meditation changes our brain, right? And we're talking about, you know, busy brains. So how does that play into this? (laughs) You're going to read in chapter five how a monk in Cambodia who taught me about mindfulness first diagnosed my busy brain. He just looked at me because I was like, oh, ooh, I have a question. <laughs> I read the book and I tried to meditate and I can't shut off my mind. And he's like, you think too much. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing, Dr. Avanti, and I think we address it a little bit in that episode as well, is that when we have a busy brain, we feel like we're failing meditation and mindfulness. And we don't like to fail as success-driven professionals, and it makes us feel down. And so in the book, we break down in week four of the protocol or chapter 14, how to take a brain pause, how to actually hit pause in your brain during the day and quickly Mm -hmm. do a quick shift Mm -hmm. and how to have these mindful moments before bedtime so that we can prime our brains to sit down and meditate when it calms down in a busy brain. Mm -hmm. So in the book, one of the things we do and in the resources is we talk about using sound healing and binaural beats and the data that's out there to use that to aid your meditation. Now, please know I want to honor all the global spiritual practices that use mindfulness and meditation. And if using music and sound healing is not incongruent with that, you know, please, I'm not here to disrespect or dishonor anybody. I'm here as Dr. Romy Real Talk going, what do I do for the thousands of clients that have come to me and say, girl, I tried the meditation, even the recorded one you gave us. I have a meditation app for my company. I can't meditate, have a busy brain. Sound healing or music therapy is key. And we've put some of our favorite ones there in the resources in the book. And I will give you a link to my favorite app, Dr. Avanti, that is available for Apple users and iPhones. No product placement here. I don't get any affiliate getting from them. You don't either. But we will put that down. And that's actually how I decided I was going to be productive in finishing the manuscript of this book and the edits during the daytime was to have that app on for hours at a time working. And now my entire team uses binaural beads and we as a team are using these quick shifts to do that. And that's how in the morning and in the evening, I can sit down for my meditation practice. And I've been meditating regularly now since about 2010. Girl. I still have days that there are evil conversations yeah, multiple sure. happening in my head. Do you get for sure for when sure. you're meditating? Absolutely. Yeah. And I 
Using sound healing yep. helps. Yep. And I think I think your point is really, really well taken. I mean, from a yoga therapy's perspective, not everybody can actually sit down in this way where it's like, you know, this picture perfect legs crossed, lotus position on a on a pillow on the floor in, you know, this <laughs> We're both, if you guys could see us, we're both doing the same gestures at the same time. We're both trying. And I think I almost threw out a hip <laughs> joint in my like chair here in my office. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I sound like one of the aunties that I quote often in the book. Yeah. You know, and that is not reality. And it's actually not the best thing for a lot of people, depending on what your natural constitution is. It's very hard to sit on a pillow and do that. And so moving med- meditation, but binaural beats, just so you know, everyone who's listening, there's a lot of science behind this and what it does to synchronize your brain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and and change your brain. And if you just Google binaural beats, you'll find tons of audio and YouTube and apps and all that kind of stuff. We'll have some things in the links as Dr. Romy mentioned, but there's a lot. And use Yes. Yeah. You have to use headphones. That was the one thing I had to teach my team is use headphones Mm -hmm. and don't have other TVs or noise on in the background with it. Like use headphones and just focus on that. Yeah, exactly. So that's a great idea. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I can ask you. No, I think, I think we talked about a lot on busy brain and hormones and there's a lot in here that you just covered. Thank you for doing that. I, you know, we always cover such a spectacular journey together between science and spirituality, and it's an honor. I think the one thing we didn't cover, and I want to have this real talk is, you know, both of us um, bring science and spirituality together, and we are both descendants of these ancient spiritual traditions, our ancestry, and it's really important to us to honor these roots of our culture. I do that in the book. You hear the slapstick humor and often cutting judgment. My aunties all throughout the book uh, done in tongue in cheek, but it was important for me to come on this podcast because diverse voices need to be heard in this mental health, brain health crisis we're having globally. And the world you and I navigate in right now, Dr. Avanti in the US is largely pale, male, and stale. And I don't think we get to reach the people you and I feel strongly about reaching. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you know a woman who doesn't feel like she's been taken seriously about her anxiety, her periods, something is off, I'm tired all the time, there's something deeper in the depression, will you forward her this podcast episode? Because you've got Dr. Avanti and I who care. And I know she's got multiple other episodes that cover hormones in this series and women's health as well. I mean, you should be, you should be doing this podcast all the time, my dear. Thank you so much for saying that. I think it's really, really important what you just said. You know, part of my purpose in doing this podcast is not only to bring this information to lots of people, but it is also to amplify the voices of diverse people who are doing such important work, especially other South Asian women. I feel really strongly about that because there are so many South Asian women in this country who are absolute experts in their fields. They are leaders in their fields. They are internationally known. They are writing and researching. And to me, it is the greatest privilege to to talk to people like you and so many of the other 
guests that I've had on this podcast. So Romy, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing all of your knowledge, your research, your hard work. I cannot wait for your book to come out. I've already read it. So I, I love it. And I can't wait for everybody else to read it. And thank you. My I feel dear. like you just threw me a baby shower. <laughs> like, thank you for having podcast. This will be the first absolute podcast that's coming out. Oh. And just thank you for sharing and the joy of my research, my life's work, and this mission to yeah. help anybody listening who has a busy brain. Yeah. Thank you, my dear. So, so happy to you know be here with you. And I wish you so much success with this book. I'm so excited for you, so proud of you. And I hope it just reaches so many people and helps so many people. That's my wish for you. Received. Thank you. Received. Thank you. Thank so it is. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Healing Catalyst. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass it along to a friend. And if you're feeling really inspired, please rate and review so that others can find this podcast more easily. To learn more, head to avantikumarsingh.com. And to connect with me directly, find me on Instagram at avantikumarsingh. I'll be back next week and hope that you will be too. Until then, remember, with the right catalyst, you have the power to activate your own healing because healing starts within.